I'm Dulce Sloan and welcome to That Black Ass Show, a podcast celebrating the Black TV shows, movies, plays, and all types of Black content that have and continue to shape the world. This week, we are discussing the 1988 film School Day. Written and directed by Spike Lee, School Days is a musical that follows the life of students at a historically Black college as they navigate pledging for fraternities and sororities, dating, classism, and colorism. It starts Spike Lee, Lawrence Fishburne, Giancarlo Esposito, Tisha Campbell-Martin, and more. Today's guest is comedian, actor, and my little bro, big bro, David Perdue. He has appeared on Kevin Hart Presents, Part of the City on Comedy Central. You might have also seen him acting in Love Is on OWN. And David also co-hosts the hilarious comedy sports podcast, 4th and 10, hosted on 4thdistrict.com. And he is a co-producer of one of my favorite shows and an Atlanta favorite show, The 1AM Secret Show. All right, let's get into the show. Now, why did you choose this movie, School Days, today? <laughs> um, man, you know what? I chose School Days, one, uh, because um, I heard through the grapevine another movie that I wanted to pick wasn't available. What movie did you want to pick? And, uh, I heard, the, I heard uh, uh, Hollywood Shuffle. Oh yeah, Baron Robert Townsend. Baron, just and that's okay. Talked about that because I I talked to yeah, and I talked to Baron about what he was gonna do, and he was he was gonna do it better justice. But that is my favorite black piece of media. But School Days, though not my favorite piece of media, black media holds a special place in my heart because for two reasons. One, obvious reason, uh, my Morris brother Spike Lee directed it. Okay, so I got a rep for that. But then two, it is just an incredibly ambitious movie. Ah! And I love ambition. I love ambition. Like this, and it was funny because like I was, I was trying to figure out like why do I like, and I just like I'm, I do things that probably don't make sense. Right. And I was like, you'll understand this about me probably more than anybody. Okay. Right. And I always tell people a story about my own personal ambition, uh-huh. how to mess me up. There's a time I never forget this. Okay. I was, uh, I was at one of these comedy festivals in Atlanta. Okay. And I was on stage. There's only two. I had made it. So. There's only two. So I was on, it was in a competition. Okay, so I figured <laughs> out. That makes it in. All right. Right. And I'm on stage, and I'm one of the top ten. I'll never forget this as long as I live. And I'm on stage, and I, I, I was on the top ten. And my first joke, I'll never forget, was a newer joke. Because I was very ambitious, but I felt the joke. Oh, Super you get a ambitious. new joke out of... Okay. Here's the thing. Okay. Rosa, here's the thing. Okay. As I'm on stage, I see you. In the crowd, shaking your head like, nigga, no, no, don't be ambitious right now. And so when that joint didn't hit, did, who, who was the first person to talk to me when I got off stage? Oh, like, nigga, what is you doing? I know what you're talking about. You. <laughs> I know what you're talking about. I know exactly what's happening right now. Yeah. Uh, but it was ambi- I felt I was ambitious. I was like, if it hits, I'm the GOAT. If it doesn't. You know, I live with that. And when I saw so when I see something like School Days, I'm like, this is one of the most ambitious movies that Spike has ever made. I feel like any filmmaker, because it is it is so much that he tried to get out oh, of of two. And then, and not only is it so much, so many messages he's trying to get out. It's also a comedy and a drama and a musical. 
Like this, this is the most ambitious movie. I've ever witnessed. It's, and I was like, this is my spirit movie. Ah, there's so much happening. So that's why I picked it. It's my spirit movie. There's so much happening. I thought it was just me. There's so much no, going on. It is a lot. And also, I know exactly what you was talking I know exactly the moment you're talking oh, about. Oh, I know you do. That, that image of you shaking your head slowly is like in my brain forever. Because I'm on stage knowing I need to get out of that joke. Go to something tried and true. And I, I remember you was to my left. I remember looking to my left in the crowd. You was, you, I remember because you was like standing near the bar area or whatever it is. And you was just like, you crossed. You're like, what is you doing? <laughs> no. And you was like, don't do that. You ruining your chance. This is stupid. Why? And I remember being like, I'm in it now. I'm in it. <laughs> I'll never forget that as long as I live. Oh, so again, no. You know what's so funny? Yeah. People have stories about me like that all the time. And sometimes I'm like, oh, no, what did I do this time? Oh, no. no. It, was, it, was an, it was yet another lesson in my life that I need to listen to black women. Because <laughs> <laughs> if you'd have told it's me that, lesson. I'd have been like, no, nigga, you don't do a brand new joke. You, you do jokes that told you can that. fucking go to sleep and not even think about. Why Facts. would you do a yep. new bit? Out of facts. It ended up being a great bit, I'm sure. But at the time, I think that joke was like three weeks old, maybe. But Nigga. I was feeling it. <laughs> oh, yeah. I remember going, the fuck is wrong with you, man? You know what it was? I look back. It was that joke I have about my cousin. Okay. It was, That was the joke. But that's a long now, I bit. Knew it. Yes. And it wasn't nearly as refined as it should have been to try it in a competition that could change your life. Oh, God. So, anyway. Oh. That is why I picked School Days. Ambition. I see. I'm. 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 A, I'll try to be like a, uh, 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 someone who protects the ambitious. Mm. You know what I mean? Because like you don't always like everybody don't always see that vision that they had or they was trying to do. Right. But I'm like, you know what? I, I I see what you was trying to do, Spike. And especially as someone who kind of like lived through some elements of what was in that movie. Yeah. I was like, all right, I can I can speak to this a little bit better than what I've heard people speak to it. So. Cause you're, yeah, cause you're a more what, house man. That I am. Uh, only, only two people wear more house paraphernalia. Only one other person wore more house paraphernalia more than me, and that is Spike Lee himself. <laughs> <laughs> Why does I somebody really? ask me one day? So does David only have more house sweatshirts? <laughs> you know what though? What's crazy? So what's crazy about that is I don't think I ever told anybody this, right? Mm. So I didn't really start wearing the sweatshirt until probably like 2012, 2013, mm -hmm. like exclusively. And it was almost like a mini protest. So I started wearing them, and it's go, this is like a, a shift, so it's not as a comedy right here, but it like I started wearing them shortly after Trayvon Martin was killed in a hoodie. Mm. And I said, because I said to myself, if ML King uh, wore a hoodie, it'd be this hoodie, and they might have. So it was like in my head, mm -hmm. it was like, I'm going to wear this hoodie that's supposed to be respectable, but it's like, we should be able to wear hoodies. Right. So I started wearing that hoodie in my head as like this mini protest to, because you know, I'll be thinking about stuff way too deeply, but that's where that you came from. You a deep from. brother. I, you know, at times, I mean, you know, other times I'll be, you know, messing up and doing, saying crazy stuff. But yeah, so that's, but that is funny. I'm, me and Spike Lee probably the only ones that, that rock it is, is that much. Man. So, I, so I, I fell for the brother in his very ambitious movie that is often overlooked in his, uh, when people talk about Spike, this movie is often overlooked. As it should be. Um, Good. That's how you feel, Phil? Man, listen. I didn't. Let's talk about the it. The only reason. One, this was on my list of black ass confessions because I'd never seen it. 
Okay. So you got me to see a movie that was on my black ass confession list. Awesome. Um, but I, from the few clips that I had seen of the movie, I'm like, I don't think I want to watch this movie. Okay. One, but you know what? I okay. didn't know, but everything I looked up on it didn't say it was a musical. Well, I, yeah, I've only recently heard people say that, but then you're like, there are so many musical numbers that's like, now nah, this is kind of a musical. It's like watching. Like, there's Grace. a whole singing. Yeah, there's a whole singing dance number that is super iconic. There's, like there's so many, you know. There's multiple, yeah. like the, uh, like just first of all, first of all, the wannabes mm-hmm. and the jigaboos. What a and the jigaboos. What a. Uh, First off, I didn't know he was still saying this word. Um, In the 80s, yeah. I, I forgot. I forgot that was a word we were still using. Um, In the 80s, yeah. But it's interesting because that is, that is, especially in the 80s, I think we really started talking about, like late 80s, early 90s, we really started talking about colorism and being color struck. Um, mm-hmm. And color struck, what, a, what, what an interest, what a, what a term. Um, quite a turn. Quite a turn. You are color struck. Um, but you know, one of the, I think maybe one of the examples is that is when you see the president of the college and his wife, Mm -hmm. um, I think that was the thing that played a lot and still kind of plays is, you know, a light skinned woman and a dark skinned man. Right. Or two light skinned people. Right, right, right. You never see a dark skin. You would, you know, rarely see a dark skin woman with anybody. Uh, this is true. Which was crazy because it's just always see, like. I, Go ahead. I, I was just gonna say like I think so. I've heard different critiques, and I think we sometimes forget in this movie like the context that it was in. So we're talking about like mid to late eighties, uh-huh. right? Like this is I, in my opinion, for that time, a pretty progressive movie. Mm. In that one all black cast, right? Not a all single black. white person in the whole movie. N- not a white soul in that movie, right? I heard it was I heard it was all black cast and crew. Ooh. But then I also saw on uh on IMDB that Alton Brown, mm-hmm. you know Alton Brown, the guy from Good Eats. Yeah, Good Eats. They filmed was, it in Atlanta. Yeah, apparently he was like one of the Steady cam people in this movie. <laughs> I was like, I, I gotta, I gotta meet this dude to ask him. Cause if he, if Alton Brown was a single white dude in this whole production, something I, you know what? Like I, I've gained a whole nother level of respect for him that I didn't know that I was gonna. You have. know what? He strike but, uh, me as one of those white dudes who would walk into American Deli and not be. Oh yeah. Like not, and then in, in, inquire about the uh, the sauces, the the sauces, and what's in the, uh, t- the what's in the uh, aluminum can. Mm-hmm. Like, what exactly is this mixture? I'm tasting some Lowry's, like you know, what I mean? like right. I feel like he's like that level, yeah, yeah. Or he ain't asking no questions. Uh, oh, for just, those of you that don't know, know what American Deli is, uh, American Deli, it's fine establishment, fine establishment. I try to yes. go every time I go home. Um, Talk about it. American Deli is a uh, restaurant in Atlanta that is owned solely by Koreans and um, employs only black people and Latinos. And uh, (laughs) if you were, let's just say, so I was talking to Derek about it and he was messing with me. Mm -hmm. Um, Say I were to get a six piece wings, Philly cheesesteak fries and a peach drink 
$10.99. Come on. I go to American Deli, and Derek just goes, that's a lot of food. And I was like, I don't finish it. Right. That's two days. That's two meals, baby. That's like a, that's like a yeah, that's two meals. That's two. What's your, how you order, how do you order your wings? This is a very Atlanta question. How do you order your, how order your wings? Uh, hot lemon pepper wet. With this, come on. This is why we family. Hot lemon pepper wet. <laughs> and uh, now yeah. that your girl, you know, is doing well. Might do mm -hmm. all flats, baby. But sometimes you want a drumstick. Hey, oh, who is you? I ain't never heard nobody request all fat, flats. I, everybody requests all drums and flats oh, got to go somewhere. And they need to come I to me. Even, I always thought it was just luck of the draw. But you out here change, shaping your own future. They, and you know what's... You like creating your own destiny. Listen, they'll charge you 50 cents more. Ah. They charge you 50 cents more if you want all okay. drums or all flats. That ain't that's worth it. I don't know why I'm giving you extra money to pay hey. to pay attention for five minutes. I don't know. <laughs> because the thing is they that. always give you four drums and two flats. That's true. The numbers are ne they never just give you three and three. I'm like, you you could have just gave me three and three. Yeah. It's never for even. For sure. It's never even. For sure. So yeah, he was like, that's a lot of food. I said, bruh, that's two days. Yeah. That's two. Spread that out. That's two days. You spread that out. And, uh, and spread all you gotta do is just stop by the store. And then that peach drink is so potent. It is. That you just That'll put you down. You literally can keep <laughs> adding water to it. Yeah, yeah. And it don't yeah. get less sweet. Or you can add, if you're feeling real ambitious, what I've done a time or two is add Sprite. Ooh. That's a little tip. Okay. Okay. <laughs> you're going to bed all night. Yeah, you're going to bed all night. Yeah, if, I, if I'm feeling fancy and like I don't want my feet later on in life, hell yeah. Add a little Sprite. Add a little Sprite to it. Yeah. Oh, shit. All right, uh, yeah. so if you've ever, if, I know people always talk about J.R. Crickets, but if you ever go to Atlanta, mm -hmm. find you an American deli. Find you an American deli. And hot lemon pepper wet, baby. Kids don't know. Kids don't sure. know. So. For sure. How do we, I forgot how we got, how the fuck did we get in the wings? Um, oh, yeah, we just talking about Atlanta black shit. Uh, yes. So, yeah, the wannabes and the jigaboos was a lot. Oh, we were from light-skinned niggas to wings. That makes sense. Um, yes. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it makes a lot of sense. So, now, what were yeah, So what were some of your favorite moments from the movie? Um, man, I think uh, as someone who didn't pledge, watching uh, Spike pledge was uh, just the comical parts, right? So, like... When the dude was uh when uh Big Brother Almighty was like, I ain't crossing no virgins. Yeah. And then he was like, You ain't seen no part to the pussy. <laughs> like that part. Mm -hmm. One of my favorite one of my favorite lines. Um trying to think. Like, I, I honestly, this is one of those movies that like is no singular part. I really am so like invested in how ambitious and how he manages to get a little drama, a little comedy, yeah. some music, some and I'm just like this, you shouldn't have been able to make this movie. And this movie really shouldn't have made money, but it did. It was one of the best grossing movies. Like it, I think the budget was like $6 million and they made like $15 million. Okay. I and, it, and it was released in like less than 300 theaters. So it was in less than 300 theaters and it made... $15 million. Okay, that's oh, a $6.5 million budget. Right, because I was about yeah. to say, nigga, that ain't a lot of money. But to be in less than 300 theaters and to make $15 yeah. million. Yeah. Columbia Pictures did pay for it. Um, 
Yeah. So yeah, Big Brother uh, Almighty. Almighty. Almighty <laughs> is played yeah. by uh, Giancarlo Esposito. Um, Great actor. Who has been in so many iconic black films? Is he Dominican? You know, he's one of them brothers that could be kind of anything. Like a Miguel Nunez Jr. situation. Yo, like a uh, you know Jeffrey Wright. <laughs> yeah, he's Dominican. Isn't is he? <laughs> See, that's what I'm saying. I don't be knowing. Like, I'll be seeing him. He just played like a regular black dude. But then I remember he was in Shaft playing a Dominican. He was in Shaft playing was a like, Dominican. And I was like, hey, bro, you shifty. I like it. You you versatile. I'm with it. <laughs> uh, Giancarlo Esposito is black and Danish. Okay. So no Dominican there. He played a whole Dominican in a Shaft movie. Okay. Wait. Hold on. Who's black and Danish? Giancarlo Esposito or... Jeffrey Wright. My producer's texted yes, me. What I'm s- and uh Danish Giancarlo Esposito is not a is not a ain't black that's not, or Danish. No. That's all the way. So if he comes out Danish, I got questions. I have questions and concerns. <laughs> uh yeah. it's so many people in this movie too. Can we talk about there's that? There's so many like you see, because there's a young Jasmine guy, there's a young Jasmine guy um, who apparently Spike rolled up to her. But way before this movie came out, they were in New York because they knew each other from Atlanta, mm-hmm. from somewhere in Atlanta. I think when he was at Morehouse, and I think she was like a senior in college, something like that, and they knew each other. Mm-hmm. Saw her in New York, and he's like, "Hey, you gonna be one? You gonna be one of my wannabes?" And she was like, "What?" Mm. Had no idea. That term wasn't even like in her, you know, in the lexicon. Right. And so like, I, I love. That's another thing I love how Spike is so loyal. Yeah. To people, you know what I mean? Like, like, uh, yeah, Jasmine guys in this movie, uh, Tisha Campbell. Who he heard her sing, because I think originally it was supposed to be like Vanessa Williams. Oh, and she didn't want to do it. I don't know if she wanted to do it, but I remember when I heard he heard Tisha Campbell sing, and was like, "Oh, that's the one." Yeah, because he was gonna get uh, Vanessa. He was trying to get Vanessa Williams, and she. Uh... Hold on, let me find this. She didn't. But she didn't feel comfortable since it was controversial. And then Tisha Campbell's mother yeah. advised her not to do the role. Really? Uh, and she took it anyway. Yeah, because it's, you know. Listen, you, it's, you gotta like work. I said, you gotta work. It's so many people in this movie. Kadeem Hardison's in this movie. Yeah, Kadeem Hardison. Um, so it's like basically like all the people that became the cast of A Different World, which is interesting because yes. three of the people who are in the cast of, of a TV show about a historically black college weren't a movie about a historically black college. Well, you know what they what Spike says about that. Mm. He says Bill Cosby jacked him. What? Oh yeah. So Bill Cosby, uh, uh, I saw and they recently and during quarantine, they rewatched this movie. You know, how, like people were, like watching stuff on whatever. And Spike was watching. He was like tweeting as the movie was going on or whatever. And one of the things he said that uh, brought to my attention was three of the people who were part of the movie. Uh, like part of the production or whatever, uh-huh. uh, ended up being um, in. Uh, so I guess the cast, I think one of the cast directors of School Days was one of the cast directors of A Different World. Oh. So and it, he shot all he shot all of this beforehand. Uh. So he was like Cosby straight straight up jacked, uh, straight up jacked him for this, you know. Wow. Which is very convenient to say now, but you know, again, this is, goes to just that ambition. Sometimes it might not hit where you want to hit. But then all the things that it births, 
I think can be commended. See, it's just because <laughs> I'm listening to you. I'm listening to you go through this movie, and because I know you, I know you hate this movie. Oh, I hate this movie. <laughs> I know you hate this oh, movie, I hate this and that's okay. This is no one's favorite Spike Lee movie. I honestly don't even think this is Spike, Spike Lee's favorite Spike Lee movie. <laughs> Nowhere, I don't think so at all. I think it had. Could he redo this movie? Maybe he does. You know, I mean, like if he could go back and change some things, I'm pretty sure this is like the movie that he'd say, "Oh, I would change so many things." But me, being the ambitious and terribly flawed person that I am, I'm like, I want to see it for what it could. Like, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like What you was going for? You know what I mean? And I feel like it is also it's only speaking to black people, right? Which is like, not only is it, yeah. Which is go ahead. No, go ahead. Go ahead. I was just saying, like, it's one of those movies where, like, think about in the 80s. Yeah. And what was happening in the 80s and, like, how, it, I mean, even now how films and, and TV are, they, you have to, like, we're just now, like, blackish is still, like, well, why are you only talking about black thing? You know what I mean? Like, movies like that and shows like that, people have a big problem with that. And Spike is just like, look, I'm making it for us. Like, he was the first FUBU. Right. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Well, like, like this for us, bias. Well, that, and that's always so interesting because it's like when people are like, "Well, why are you only talking about black stuff?" And I was like, "Do you think Friends talked about anything but white things? Anything but white? Do you think any of these movies that have done any of this stuff? But it's just like the audacity of for us to not include them, right? It has to be what so it I, is. Like, how dare you not make something that we under? You think we fucking understand what y'all be talking about half the time? How many bands right. I have to know to be in a conversation with you motherfuckers? Why well, I got to know about all these bands, man? All of these yeah. bands? Who the fuck is Neutral Milk Hotel? Come on. I hear that name for years. I don't know one song. Not one now song. Not now but, one song. I thought, honestly, I used to think that it was some sort of like novelty hotel that white people go to to have fun. I thought it, I didn't know. I thought it was a joke <laughs> band that white people would just say when they were shitting on other white people. We still can't confirm or deny that to be true. Like, like, we don't know. It's like, oh, what do you listen to? Neutral Milk Hotel? And I'm just like, who let y'all name these bad? Go to college. Yeah. God. <laughs> Call your dad. Yeah. Go to college. But yeah, <laughs> no, I hate this movie. Only because. I know you do. There's <laughs> so much. Okay, I've seen, I've been in enough musicals mm-hmm. to know. I've been in one musical. Oh, really? Which one? Music Man. Oh, I've always wanted to in do Music Man. I played Marcellus. I, I sung Shapoopy in high school. <gasps> you were the girl that time. Yeah. yeah. I remember that song. A woman who was on the very first date is usually a hussy, but a woman who go the second time around, anything but fussy. But a woman who wait to the third time around, head in the clouds, feet on the ground. She's the girl you're glad you found. She's your Shapoopy. Right, Shapoopy, Shapoopy. Shapoopy, Shapoopy. That guy that's hot to get. Yeah. Hey. I had to... I, I had to. Uh, I did that in high school. Wait, didn't you go to a small Christian school? You already know exactly, exactly. Well, so the I whole did it school, because the whole school was in this I, play. Essentially, <clears throat> like I did it because no one thought I was gonna do it. Mm. They were like, he, he won't do it," and I was like, I'll, "Not only will I do it, give me a song." <laughs> like that's that's how defiant I am. That's why I respect what Spike does in these. Te- you know what I mean? Like these movies like this, because it's like. No one, you're not supposed to do this, and he did it. Listen, I understand. Like, Tisha Campbell was in Little Shop of Horrors. So, her aunt is Sheena Arnold. So, I understand this, but this is like I'm saying. 
I've been acting since I was a kid. I've been in multiple mm-hmm. musicals. I've even been in the same musical twice. And I'm telling yeah. you, mm-hmm. when you have a musical number, it is supposed to somehow connect with the action in the movie. For sure. That's all I ask for. For sure. So, so you're saying, the only, so you're saying like hmm? the Jigaboos and Wannabes didn't necessarily connect? That's the only one that did. The okay. only musical number that connected for me to what was mm-hmm. happening in the fucking movie yeah. was the Jigaboos and the Wannabes and then mm-hmm. the musical number about having good hair and all of that. That made perfect sense. Mm-hmm. But the singing at the coronation, I didn't even know what event we were at. And then they're just singing. And then yeah. this dude is singing and they're not, they don't tell you the girls being crowned. The You don't know who the hell she is. And there's just another nigga yeah. singing. And then this, but okay. The song, uh, doing the butt at the, at the party. Yeah. That makes sense. It's a band playing at a party. We've all seen it in movies before. Right. But then the next song with the woman in the hat and the titties out. Phyllis, Phyllis Hyman. Phyllis Hyman, the yes. The great Phyllis Hyman. The great Phyllis Hyman. Yeah. I apologize. I couldn't remember her name. Um, it's all good. I got you. That's why I'm here. There's a dis- Had nothing to do. There's a disconnect between <laughs> those two things. Sure, sure, sure. And then, okay. It didn't mean, ah! Uh, it's like it Talk didn't. Talk about it. It didn't. So now there's just a bunch of kids in bathing suits just hugging. Like, it's just, it didn't connect. Like, it just didn't go. And then there was, there was so many jump cuts to the next scene mm-hmm. that I was like, what is it? It was hard to follow. Right. And then what I would have wanted a musical number uh-huh. is when they got into it with the local guys at the KFC. Which is a very real thing. As someone who, <laughs> that is, as someone who went to Morehouse mm-hmm. and had to constantly... Uh, I mean, there was there was always this air of we don't belong there, mm-hmm. right? And we had this thing. We used to call everybody that lived in that area. We used to call them West Indians. That's <laughs> funny because it was the West End. It's, it's the West End, yeah. So it's like, oh, they're West Indians, right? But like, there was always like I remember campus security would tell us that like, yo, they don't like you, uh-huh. <laughs> so watch yourself. Like, you know what I mean? Like, in that. So when I saw that, I was like, that's been. And that was the year I was born. And so it's like, come on, twenty something years later. That's still an issue. You know what I mean? So Because like, niggas are still living in that neighborhood, and I guess uppity niggas have always gone to college. Fact. But there's had fact, to be kids like, from that neighborhood that went to that school. It just wasn't few, enough. Though. Yeah, very few. Like, I remember when I was there, maybe one. I remember one dude who went to uh, to Booker T. Washington. And, I, yeah, and that's the only one I think I ever knew that was from anywhere around there. There's four yeah. eight, people, I'm sure there was more. Because people don't realize when it comes to the AUC, and when I say AUC, we say the Atlanta University Center. Right. There's four black colleges that are right next to each other. Yep. Three of them there are on the same the piece of land. Yep. Morris Brown, Clark Atlanta University, Spelman College, Morehouse College. And and then some people say ITC. What's ITC? The Theological Seminary. Oh, the Theological... Uh, something... Yeah. Oh, the Theological Seminary. Okay. I thought... I thought Morris. Wait, I thought Morehouse had a se- seminary school. No, we just produce a bunch of preachers. Ah, 
they came they came already to preach. They didn't think they needed more education. They came. Most of them dudes who ended up being preachers there was preachers in like eighth. They're like if there was such thing as like YouTube when this is when I was going there. Mm-hmm. If there was like a real YouTube when people were kids, these all would have been like, oh, that's the YouTube kid pastor. He ended up going to Morehouse. Like they all was that. They were all eighty years old when they were seven. Oh, and they they were slain in the spirit and they was ready to go. They was preaching the word fresh out the womb. Fresh out the womb. Came with receding hairlines and weird cracked voices. Ah! <laughs> <laughs> and I say that because a lot of my friends were, were preachers when I was dead, so I know these two. Oh, my God. All right, y'all. We're going to take a quick break, and then we'll be back. Hope you've been enjoying the show so far. Let's get back into it. You said, you said that, like, they... There were the musical numbers didn't didn't fit. The musical numbers didn't fit. Right? The script was jumping around. Um, yeah, Lawrence Fishburne was either too old or looked too but he's old. Always, that's but that's always his character though. He's always too too old or too like his. He never fits his age. Like on Blackish now, he's finally he met up grandpa. to his age. But but even then, he's he can't be Anthony Anderson's dad. They're like eight years apart. No. Yes, I looked it up. They're like maybe eight years apart. Shut up. Well, so you... he's always <laughs> looked old, young. Well, you know when Jennifer Lewis played uh, Angela Bassett's mother, I think they're only three years apart. Yeah, yeah, that's what I'm saying. So that just speaks to the beautifulness of black people, right? Being able to just be timeless. Well, Estelle Getty look... was actually younger than uh, uh, B. Arthur. Oh wow! On uh, Golden Girls, Estelle Getty was actually oh, wow. younger than her. Yeah. So. So yeah, uh, but I, so Sam, I, I get it. Like Lawrence Fisher and maybe shouldn't have played. Here's what I I will say though to the music that I found that I reappreciated is that Spike Lee's dad wrote all the songs. Really. His dad is his dad is musician and the the so the song Phyllis Hyman sings. Uh huh. Bill Lee wrote that. His dad wrote like, the. All, like, Wow. His dad wrote the songs. Yeah. Now that's amazing. Yeah. And so, right. And so I also, I feel like, and this is talking about context, right? So I've heard a lot of people talk about the movie. Uh-huh. And I, let me be clear, I get why people don't love this movie. It does jump around a lot. But okay. from what I heard from Spike Lee interviews and stuff like that, what he was trying to do was in a movie uh-huh. get a, a week, like homecoming weekend. Yes. He was trying to put a homecoming weekend into a movie and as someone who has lived through a homecoming weekend and now i get why people don't get it, i'm like oh all of this makes sense to me and it like the the cuts and the like the different like okay there's some there's some there's like a fancy person singing because that's like okay that's part of coordination ball but then there's also during that week there's these dances like all of this make in my mind i'm like yeah you would do that then you would do that and then that would happen right all right but if you're not like a part of that you're like oh this is this is silly well no <laughs> it's know? but there's a way to I understand that the whole coming weekend there's different stuff going on. That I'm fully fine with. Mm-hmm. But you still need things to... Not necessarily to say to me, I need to know why... As the audience, when we shift, it needs to move the yeah. action forward. Yeah. Shifting for just the sake of shifting doesn't help anything. If we just jump to oh, another sure. place... And it's not, and I'm not learning anything new about the plot. It's not pushing the, uh, if nothing is. He doesn't do that. Huh? He definitely doesn't. He definitely doesn't do that. Like, I don't disagree 
with the like mechanical criticisms of this movie, right? I remember the first time I saw this movie. Right. It took me a few days to watch it because I was like, I think I'm done. And I would turn it off and then I would go back to it. And I'm like, I think I'm done again. And I would turn it off and then I would go back to it. And that's like, as I got older, I was like, yo, this movie should have just been like Roots. Just make it like a four-part series and get everything, you know, that you need out of it. Right. In those in those different parts. Because it is jumpy and it does go a lot of different places. And there's a lot of things that are like unanswered. Right? Like we don't really know why Dap and uh, Giancarlo's character are like really beefing. They're just like that one argument in the beginning where he's like, you know, I don't mess, you know, whatever. When he comes in, it's like all that Africa stuff, you got to stop it. You know, like. Was was Dap online? Like, was it? I like, think that kind of gets didn't... implied when he yells at the girlfriend about her wanting to pledge, and he's like, yeah. "You changed, and my cousin changed, and it's just like, ah, this sounds like somebody who tried to pledge and didn't and couldn't get online. Didn't get getting cross. Yeah, it didn't yeah, cross. Yeah. That's what it sounds like. Okay, before we jump somewhere else, it's Giancarlo okay. Giuseppe Alessandro Esposito. Woo! Right, Giancarlo Esposito. Right. Born in Copenhagen, Denmark, to an Italian carpenter stagehand father from Naples, Italy, and an African-American opera singer mother from Alabama. Do we even make, can we talk about, are those type of brothers even being made anymore? What, carpenters? What do you, no, 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 no. I'm talking about this mix of black people in places where we ain't seen us like that, creating babies like him. I mean, we travel. We travel more than we. I'm used not to. saying we don't. Tra- I'm not saying we don't travel. Mm. But like that dude got. So he had Danish roots. Well, you no, know what I'm saying was, like no. It looks like the daddy's Italian. Okay. And the mama's Af- and the mama's from Alabama, and they met, and he was just born in Denmark. Okay. Because okay. the mother was an opera singer, so it looks like, for me to expound, for me to get creative. Uh, yes. The mother was an opera singer, and the father was a, was a, a stagehand and a carpenter. So the father okay. built the sets, and then the mother was the opera singer. Dating that dude married up. Listen, that's what's up. And she <laughs> found a fucking man, apparently. Yeah, say so look at you building them sets. <laughs> oh man, there's someone who's done theater for a long time. There's nothing sexy to the man building some shit. Uh, Come on, gentlemen, get you a saw. Get you a saw. <laughs> get you a man who can do both. Uh, yes. And then they settled. With, yeah, I saw that. They settled in Manhattan by the time he was six, and that's where he grew up. Okay. So, okay. but yeah, they were probably on the road doing opera and shit, and then they had mm-hmm. this man. Yeah. Uh, Who came out with hair that you can part in the middle with the wave. Man, like, that part down want, the middle. I want to bring that back. That middle part? I do. I want to bring that middle part back. I want to do it. This quarantine, you could try stuff. Uh-huh. I'm surprised you see me on Instagram with a whole part in the middle with these glasses just being like, yo, so school days felt inspired. This is going to be the caption. Listen, Sam J almost hit him with the Booker T. Washington part where we was doing the, uh... I've worn it before. There's something about that part yeah. that just changed lives, man. That part... That's what I'm saying. That part's something real different. I'm considering it. I'm considering it. I'm so excited to see it. Okay, so... Yeah. There were experiences in there were experiences that you had in college that you could relate to in the movie because the movie seems For to sure. very much speak to the HBCU experience. For sure. But I do think the conversation that uh, 
the conversation that's had between the head of the board and the dean or the president of the college where mm-hmm. he's saying, you know, um, the Jews support Yeshiva College, uh, mm-hmm. the Mormons support, bring, like, the everyone supports their colleges, but black people don't support black colleges. And he's like, yes, they do. And then the mm-hmm. he and the board comes back, but they don't support it enough. Right. I mean, and that's that's an ongoing thing with HBCUs. And I think I think to say to that I feel like that conversation needs to be expounded and even in the movie. Mm-hmm. Because I feel like to talk about something like, you know, black people giving to these colleges and not also acknowledge how one, a lot of people, it's their first people being able to go to college. Mm-hmm. So, like, you're one person that can give as opposed to some of these other colleges. You're a lineage of people that can give. Yeah. You know what I mean? There's a line of people that can give. So, I mean, that's why, you know, the, the Morehouses and the Spellmans and the Howards of the world need, like, the Oprahs and the, the Diddies and these super, you know, influential and paid black people to be like, here's a scholarship fund. Yeah. Because we don't have the super long line of like, then my grandfather, like it's just starting to become a thing yeah. where it's like my father and my grandfather and these people went to this school. You know what I mean? Like it's, it's just, so I think that's an un, like, and so if people critique that, I get it. But I also think that like, <laughs> maybe it got left on the cutting room floor. Like I feel like Spike knows all the critiques in this movie. And I feel like he didn't, like he just had to, he put everything he could and still was two hours. Yeah, you know and I mean? now, and it was longer than it needed to be because it jumped around. Also, that sex scene between Dap and Rachel was the most uncomfortable sex I have ever seen in my life. I mean, first of all, they wasn't that didn't even look like a twin bed. They're like half a twin bed. Oh, I believe look- me, that's a college bed. And me and my friends were joking around one time. We got three people in one of them beds. Four for a second. Okay, we were just goofing off. Yeah, but yeah, depends on where you go to school. Because my college, we had full twin beds. Some yeah, schools yeah. don't have full twin beds. And I was just like, how skinny do the both of them have to be to have Look, sex? How narrow it. do the both of them have to be for both of them fit in this bed? But yeah. I just remember, like, not remember, but, like, I just was, like, watching this going, do they even like each other? Yeah. Like, it was the yeah, worst kissing I- I've ever seen in a movie. Like, Again, this is one of those things where this is why, like, I get people's critique because every time I watch it, I'm like, I can see people being not into this, right? Like, some things are just left, like, you like you wish there was a, a, a deeper, like, affection that Lawrence Fishburne had for that woman. Like, you wish that there was more, like, they build that relationship out more. Like, you wish they wasn't in a, a weird twin bit. Like, there's so many things you wish. Well, co- like, college, hey, I we mean, just- I know, like, I get them being in a tiny bed because they're, you know, fucking in a dorm room. I get sure. that. But there's more affection between Tisha Campbell's... There's more um, affection between Jan and Julian just Mm -hmm. standing on the street. Yeah. Than there is in between Rachel and Dap just kissing. Mm -hmm. I I, I cannot... I won't disagree with you. Because it just doesn't seem a connection between the two actors. And then I don't know if... There's a... And then... No one talks about the Samuel L. Jackson was in this movie. No one talks about that. And he played the perfect West Indian. Ah! <laughs> like he, he did. Talking he shit did. in the KFC. Talking, like, everybody, I feel like anybody who's won any of those schools in the AU, 
mainly Morehouse. I don't feel like Clark used to get it as bad. Clark and Morris Brown, I don't think they used to get it as bad. But like, if you went to Morehouse, you walk around, yo, that you everybody had that interaction with somebody saying, "You think you something? Well, you ain't shit." And they would just like, and you just had to be like, oh, "My bad, man. I'm just trying to get education." Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, well, I've like, had, I don't know what you. I mean, I went to various. I went to very white college. That's why I went to mm. college for free. Um, hey, you know. Hey, I had to go where the money was. That's what my mama said. Um, I got an eighty-five thousand dollar education with no student loans, baby. But less. I walked across that stage with a diploma in zero balance, baby. Brah, brah, Talk brah, about brah. it. Brah. Talk about Look it. Look at that. Blessed. <laughs> Highly favored. Look at God. Highly favored. Talk on. Um, yes. It's so, I remember there was two inter- interesting interactions that happened with people. Uh, one, it was, so, my favorite thing that that would happen is that mm-hmm. uh, in front of the freshman dorm, was one of the main was a main street through town. I went to Brunel University mm. in Gainesville, Georgia, and right. uh, private women's college. And so, there were many times where black people, because there was two black parts of town. There was out the road, and then there was Newtown. Mm-hmm. Out the road, you literally had to cross train tracks to go to that black part of town. Newtown mm-hmm. was like the middle class part that was on the other side. Of campus, right? And they called it Newtown because one apparently years ago, it burned down. No okay. one knows how it burned down. Of course not. And they had to build it back up again. So I, if I remember correctly, it's called. That's why it's called Newtown. So Newtown. Okay. all of the you know middle class black people lived in Newtown, mm. and the poor black people lived out the road, right? Okay. And. In either situations, we'd be walking down the street, if I remember correctly. We'd be walking down the street, and black people would see us walking, and they would just stop. Mm. Especially, like, older black women. They'd be like, hey, you staying out of trouble? Yes, ma'am. You get good grades? Yes, ma'am. You staying away from these stupid-ass boys who live around here? Yes, (laughs) ma'am. All right. Well, you know, we root for you, girl. We want the best for you. She, we were like that, and there was be always a friend or sister in the front seat. Yeah, girl, don't be talking yeah. to these niggas in town. They ain't got nothing good, nothing good for you, girl. Okay, yeah. yes, ma'am. And y'all do good, yes, ma'am. And I remember I was walking with one of my white friends one time, and one of the um, older ladies did that to me. And so I said, yes, ma'am, thanks. She's like, you have a blessed day. I said, yeah, thank you, you too. And then she walked off, and she was like, who was that? I was like, I don't know that lady. Right. And she right. was like, what? And I was like, I don't know that lady. Yeah. She's like, she stopped and had this whole conversation here. Mm-hmm. But that's what we do. Yeah. As people, like, that's, that's, I remember, I always tell people this story. This is a true story. I was standing outside of Starbar one day, mm. and it might have been around Juneteenth. I don't remember. Right. But I remember casually talking about the Black National Anthem. Right. And it was a group of white comics who were around, and they were like, that's not a thing. Oh, and I was like, no. and I was like, oh, you, you simple, simple children. Right. As, as, as I'm talking about it, a black woman who I had never met right. is walking past Starbar. I say to her, ma'am, do you know the Black National Anthem? She proceeds, we both proceed to start, lift every voice and sing <laughs> simultaneously. We didn't finish it, but we sung it simultaneously. And to see the bewilderment of these white faces, like, these niggas have been planning. They have. <laughs> How do they know? Because And they were like, do you know her? 
did you pay her? How does this time so perfectly? And I'm like, no, the Lord. what you don't understand, white people, is not only is it the Lord, but it's literally how black people have survived yeah. for all these years. Yeah. It's just we have a common knowledge of things we understand and how we go about meeting people. And sometimes it is a song. Sometimes it's just how we say yes, ma'am, no, ma'am. And we talk to older people, even though we don't know them and we respect them, we listen to them. It's all, these are all survival things. Right. That, that have been in place, uh, imparted in us over the years that are just little things that, like, it's like, I know, understand that black isn't a monolith, right. but we do a lot of things similarly. <laughs> like, <laughs> I understand, you know what I'm saying? Like, every time someone says, look, I get it. You want to be a weird black person and we're not a monolith, fine, fine, fine. But do not act like you don't. There are certain things that you're supposed to know. <laughs> you, all, you know what I mean? You all talk to your grandma the same way. Don't. You talk to, yeah, there's respect for elders. There's a way we talk to people. There's a way that we need to, like, it's just, I mean, it's it really, it's something that can't even be spoken. It's just like understood yeah. that when you're in the midst of other black people, this is a part of the culture and it has been passed down. Well, that's like, you know? so we, like, we would do like black, and, Dra- well, like black and Dragon Con. You remember, yeah. you couldn't Dragon Con with me. Uh, wait, were you with me when I went? Did you? No, I never went to Dragon Con with you. Oh, no, I was, uh, that was, um, that was your Clayton's brother made everybody passes. Oh yeah, yeah. That boy is a is a monster with a Shout computer. Shout to that man Brandon. Uh, Talk about it. But um, but yeah, it would be like even like Black at Dragon Con, where it's like mm-hmm. we're all a bunch of black nerds. Yeah. But if we see each other from across, it would literally be like across the lobby at a Marriott. Yeah. My friend is dressed like you know I I was like all right I'm going I'm dressed like a cat. My friend is dressed like somebody yeah. from Bob's Burgers. This other kid's dressed like Avatar the Airbender. But we're looking around right. and we see each other, and at the same time we go, "Hey!" It's a yeah. And that's, it's an immediate right, and it's just an immediate. It's an immediate up? connection. What's up? And I and I think this is the thing too. I, I, I start thinking about like I think this movie, and so for me it, it is about homecoming, mm-hmm. right? And I always tell people, anybody who know me, that's one of them days out of the year you don't the day you thought you knew you don't notice. Well, something, when homecoming right? weekend happens, it's just like, well, where's David? He's you it's homecoming. <laughs> So don't. It's homecoming. He's not leaving. But and I, and I realized like part of me is like you're. I'm chasing that feeling mm. that I that I of connection, right? Right. So like when I'm you know as a comedian as whatever, there are certain people that you. Have, so me and you like I ain't got to see you for a long time to know like there's a like we know right. Right. There's a there's an ease. There's like oh, I, the world is not on my shoulders right now. I'm amongst family. Right. Right. And that is what this movie is for me because it's like oh. This reminds me of the times when I was amongst family, mm. right? And I think for this movie, it is because I feel like everybody who's done anything creative at the at one of these schools has wanted to create something like School Days because it, like, you, there's a reason why Spike. This was the movie that he, one of the first movies that he wrote. Mm. It wasn't the first movie he made, but because it it's like, how do I get that feeling again, mm. right? That feeling of home and like, what does all of that mean, right? And you realize like, there's so many complexities. Of, of a homecoming, but of a homecoming experience, whether it's an actual homecoming or just being around friends, that I think that he tried to jam. Like, this is exactly the movie I would have, even knowing how bad parts of this is, yeah. I feel like this is exactly the movie I would have made if I had to write about a homecoming. Right. Because there's too much. And you're, like, overflowing with, like, ideas and emotions and, and different things. But, and information. But ultimately, you're like, this was home. Like, right. it, it feels like home. It feels like... Like I'm connected to people I don't know, right? And so that was one of the like the things that I thought was like super important. Like, and I don't think people talk about is like how 
even with the Sam Jackson character, right? So it's like, oh, these are West Indians. And there was and there's definitely a sense of when you go to these schools of like we are different. That whole Du Bois talented tenth, whatever, whatever, yeah. right? And Sam Jackson's character comes out very abrasive, but it is a very needed like conversation because it's like you had these people who go to these schools and feel a certain way and they feel at home and they feel like all oh, I'm around people who are like me. But then you fail to realize like the West Indians or whatever are also you. Right. And if you're not, a, if, if you're not, if so, if you're looking at them as the other, how much better are you? Because remember in the beginning of the movie, uh, 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 Lawrence Fishburne character is like talking about divested in Africa. Like we got to, we have to, we're, we're just like them. Right. We well, are them. Because, These are our people. Because it didn't, because <laughs> the thing is when he's talking about divesting in South Africa, once you get out of the apartheid era, then, because mm-hmm. I was watching and I'm just like, why the hell are they trying to, why is a black school trying to take money out of South Africa? And it wasn't until later on when they explained that it's an anti-apartheid thing. Right. And it's just like, oh, that's why he wants to divest in South Africa because it's trying to, because all these, because it's going against apartheid. That makes so much more sense than I was like, what the fuck? Like, I thought. Right. But you have to understand, too, then, like, even A Different World did a whole uh, episode about that. Right. Right? So, like, that's a very common thing during that time. I just think that, like, it's very clever as Spike to be, to, for the beginning of the movie, for him to, for have, for Dap's character to be like, oh, we are, we, we are connected to Africa more than you know, da-da-da-da-da. But then, right here at home, the West Indians or the, the, the townies or whatever, I forgot what they called them, these are, the, these are also your people. So you can't be like, oh, we have to look out for him and them in overseas, and you also don't have the same affinity for the people who live right next door to you. Well, and that's why it was interesting. When he goes, a- you know, you're trying to be, you know, all this Africanist, and he's like, fine. He said, but we are black Americans. Yeah. Meaning that, you know, we have a different experience because it's like sometimes when it's interesting because like very much in the 80s and 90s, it was this connection to Africa and getting back to Africa and all of, and you know, that was very much in the clothing and the music and the hairstyles and, right. you know, and everyone wearing a koofy hat. Uh, right. But at the same time, it's if, if any white person is like, well, go back to Africa. You're like, but I'm not even from there. True. So it's like, true. There's a difference between us trying to make a, and you know, now I realize, you know, cause I thought about, like just now, it's like there's those two things, but there's a difference between you wanting to make a connection to who you're descended from and someone mm-hmm. trying to use your ancestry <laughs> against you. Right. And that's what I love about the movie is because it's a conversation that is had about this topic devoid of white voices explaining it. Right. Or having anything to do with it. Right. So I feel like it's a very, all the conversations brought up, some poorly, some, you know, some better than others. Are conversations that like black people still have, right, and are still wrestling with, and they're usually done like apart from the white people are not involved. So like I'm not surprised that white people have never seen this movie. It literally is not for them. Like some literally. some Spike Lee some Spike Lee movies are not for white people, but like white people can watch. But this is one of those ones like white people. You're probably not gonna get anything of value Nothing. out of this movie because like if and you don't I, even know about me, the process, because like. The process of join of being of joining a you know an NP if I remember the uh, NPHC sorority or fraternity or black sorority or fraternity is completely yeah, yeah. different. Um, yeah. The college experience is completely different. Just the things going on is different. Um, 
I did want to ask you, what did you think about Julian setting up Jane to sleep with Half Pint so he could break up with her? Okay, so let me say this. Uh, before we were talking about another podcast I listened to, and the dude was hate. He was he hated that scene, and I get why he hated the scene because he was the point. I heard a lot of people, not just him, but a lot of people make was that there's no agency given to her, right? Because I thought it was going to end up happening where Half Pint was just going to lie about something happening. Yep. Yeah, which would have been nice, right? That would have been nice. Right. That'd have been a nice little bow on the situation. Uh, it was like maybe a month ago during quarantine. Again, Spike Lee was they were watching a movie on Twitter or whatever, and he straight up said. This happened at Morehouse. Like, this is not something... I'm, like, this is a thing. No, no, no. That I've a... known plenty of places where it's happened. I remember hearing it happening um, when I was in college, and there were girls... You know, I've heard it happen a million right. times. Some girl ends up right. sleeping with some boys who were... Yeah, fraternity, whatever. Right. But, the, so, so the, but I'm talking about, like, the whole... Like, he was saying... I guess he was saying, like, the whole him setting her up, that was a thing that he witnessed while he was in school. Like, personally, again, I think that had he could he do the movie over again now? It's one of those things where it's like, because I I hear people's arguments that like, yo, we don't need to see black women go through this in order for black men to understand where they've gone wrong, right? Right. Because that was a big catalyst in the movie, and I 100% agree with that. But I'm also I think for me personally, I'm in a I'm in a space where because you hear this you hear these arguments all the time, like it shouldn't take it being your sister for you to know that you shouldn't do this, or it shouldn't take. And you're right. Everybody's right. It shouldn't. But it does. But here's the thing. Here's the thing. I always tell people all the time. If it takes me having to sing the alphabet in that harmony that we all sing the alphabet to know how many letters in the alphabet, I know it's dumb. But guess what? That's how I get to know the alphabet. Yeah. Right? And I need to know the alphabet because it's important for me to be a better person, a more learned individual. So although I am not, I don't wish that black women or anybody has to go through some sort of trauma for other people to understand who they are. Sometimes everybody's not like aware, like everybody's not as woke as we are. So it's like, at the end of the day, I'm like, I'm on solution. So like, if it took that character at that time for people to understand like, Oh man, this is an issue. Mm -hmm. Then like, like, I'm not saying like good, but I'm saying like, that was just a, a tool that was used that for the time maybe got somebody to be more enlightened. Is it okay? No, not, not no. But do you know what I mean? But like it was a tool used. So I didn't love the scene. You know what I mean? It was <laughs> I just thought it was uh one, it was just it was shady as fuck. It, I mean we have you know it was shady Super as fuck. Super shady. Um Super shady. And you know, him saying that she was young and all of this stuff makes it just makes him even more creepy. Yeah. Because he's like, I'm breaking up with her because she's too young and you know. Yeah, he gaslit the hell out of her. Yeah, gaslit the hell out of her, and he was just like, "Why? Why would? You, why would you do this?" I, I'm like, "Yeah, I did it for you," and I'm just like, "And I've heard of girls in that where you did something for you know something you always didn't necessarily want to do, and also right. it's interesting where it's like her crying was not an indicator to anybody. Right. No one. No one decided to to like. We all, all these black men let her leave that room. One, let her be in that room, but then leave that room. Clearly hadn't gone through some trauma. Right. Right. Like, again, not good. Because I, I really did not, because when I saw her come out with the hair messed up and the makeup and shit, I'm like, okay, they're putting on a great show. And they started talking. Yeah. I was like, oh no, this is, 
This really happened. It's not a show. Yeah. But that's why it's so great that afterwards, because it was like, I did question why Lawrence Fishburne's character, why Dap was mad at Half Pipe. Was it because mm-hmm. you slept with Julian's girl? Or was it because you slept with Julian's girl because he set it up? Yeah. That wasn't, that, that didn't, I agree, that didn't feel clear, right? Like it didn't feel like, oh, we know why he's, he's mad. But again, it leads to the iconic wake up scene. And see, I did not in, understand the end of this movie. You're running okay. around yelling, wake up, wake up, wake up, fine. Now everybody's standing out here like Jesus on the mount. And then these two <laughs> niggas look each other in the face, damn near kissing, credits roll. I'm like, what the fuck just happened to me? So I don't think, I don't think, I personally don't think that they were the characters of like Dap and Big Brother Almighty. I think they were Lawrence Fishburne and Giancarlo at that point. Okay. I don't, I think that that was part of like the, uh, I, something I always found, like I loved about that scene and maybe something like everybody doesn't always know, right? But he rings the bell, right? At Mission College. Ringing the bell, from my understanding at Morehouse, there's a bell on Morehouse campus and that bell had been there for years. And that bell used to be wrong <clears throat> in, in cases of emergency. Like when something is wrong on campus, initially it was if the Klan was coming. All right. You would hear the ringing of the bell mm-hmm. and you would be like, hey, we are in danger. Everybody be on alert. Right? Mm-hmm. So it's another one of those things where I saw that as, oh, snap, he's ringing the bell. Just like the one I know that he what represents for him at Morris College. Mm. And he's saying, black people, we are in danger. Look what's going on. We need to wake up. Okay. We need to be on alert. You know what I'm saying? Like it had a deep um, for me. I don't know if that's exactly what it was going on with him for Spike, but there's no way I feel like he can see a bell on a campus at a black college and not think the same things that was taught to me about a bell on you know Morehouse campus. You know what I mean? And like I feel like it has a very similar. So for me, I didn't think right. that it was like a. I didn't think that it was like a. Oh, uh, this is those two characters. I thought it was like the movie's over. Here's what the movie's about wake up like all these bad things are probably like we need to be we need to be on alert yeah because like when he went there he started ringing a bell i was just like okay oh he's waking up oh he's waking up the whole campus but then the thing is he woke up the whole campus and i was expecting this big long speech listen i i didn't get my big maybe there should have been maybe there should have been but honestly let's be real we're two hours into the movie. Could can we do it with another speech? No, th- then you should have cut out. <laughs> then that damn music, then one of the musicals should have been shorter. Look, we can't cut out. I want to talk about You can't cut out. What you going to cut out? Doing the butt? You can't cut out doing the no, butt. You know why that... you can't cut out doing the butt? Because doing the butt, this is one of the things I know about doing the butt. Doing the butt, the butt is one of the few times I've ever seen where uh, there's a, the, where black dudes are allowed to twerk. Yes. Did you see? It was black man twerking. And I, and I appreciate it. You'll never see that. No. That's so progressive. Ah! <laughs> uh, just, just straight black dudes out here twerking. But you don't, but you didn't, the coronation, it could have been shorter with that man singing. Uh, yeah. The song that Jane sings at, the, that could have been shorter. Okay. Uh, the fight scenes in the... When they were stepping, the one no, the fight scene in the one, uh, uh, the da- one of the dance scenes in the wannabes versus the Jigaboos, where okay. it's supposed to be a fight, but then it's not really a fight. Right. Um. The the some of the dancing was just like there's just little things that could have been. There's little things that could have been cut. Like that just move. It's a lot of things. 
It should have been an hour and a half movie. Yeah. There are certain things. This shouldn't have been an hour and a half movie. But again, for somebody who in some ways lived parts of it. And then reading the stories afterwards about the movie, right? So like the fight, that fight scene when they were stepping, that was a real fight. Oh, yeah, because they had them in messed up accommodations. They had them in, they had the wannabes in nicer rooms than, they, than everybody else. And so it was, a, it apparently was an actual real fight. That yeah. fight was like, all right, keep the cameras rolling. Run that. Yeah. That is wild to me. If I, there's no way, I, if, I, if I got punched because you wanted to be some crazy director, I'm fighting Spike Lee's little tail. Like, I'm like, bruh, I ain't asking for this. They said this that, is not SAG approved. They said they did the same thing on the movie Animal House. They put them in a comp to create I, tension. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Which is interesting. All right, y'all, we're going to take a quick break, and then we'll be back. Hope you've been enjoying the show so far. Let's get back into it. I do want to get to my favorite part. Yeah. Uh, it's like the uh, bra, 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 bra. Mm. Black Ass Confession. Ooh. So the Black Ass Confession is a film. Uh, it is a movie, play, TV show, or black thing that you cannot do. Like, for instance, I've never seen the movie Baby Boy or Baby's Kids. And what? Yeah, and now I can't. Uh <laughs> Because it shocks too many people. And, or, like, I can't really play spades. I renege all the time. All the time. I don't even know, how, I don't even know now how, how not to renege to know that I am reneging, right? Yeah. So, this is a black thing or black movie or something to play you have not seen or a black thing you can't do. So, like, I have, I probably have so many. But, like, because I want the more, no one suspects it. But because you know, like, I went to, small Christian white schools for the longest. So I had, I, I'm catching up on blackness. Okay. But but one of the things, and you already said it, but like spades, I've never ever played spades. Don't know how. Wait, you've the never term, even? Never even, I never even sat at a table, cards in hand and like, I will proceed to play spades. I have never and never, never in my life. Never in my life done that. And, th- and then I remember the one time I was close. I, f- I forgot what other game. I-, I was in Detroit with my family. I was in the east side of Detroit. And we were playing another card game that I could kind of remember, but it wasn't Spade. Was it Tonk? And they were... S- nah, it wasn't even Tonk. Was it, it was Jim? It might have been... No, what was it? I can't remember what it was. It was something even small. It's like easier than that. Okay. Right? But I just remember how competitive they were about that. Yeah. And then them saying, and, and then literally about to roast me out the family when I wasn't great. And they were like, you're lucky this ain't spades or I would have killed you. And I was like, this is why I don't play spades. Yeah, people get really Too much up. on the line. People work. Too much on the line. Too much. If I could put a message out to, to black people, we have to, listen, I understand we are competitive people. But like, you are losing so many of our best and brightest <laughs> because you are threatening us with... With with our performance in space, it is not fair. We could like if we just need that's what we need to learn patience. If there was just a few patient aunties that wouldn't mind sitting down, like this is how we gonna learn. We gonna learn you some spades because I I I can't function. I I I can't like I couldn't I can't go properly go full experience of a black function because I've never even held my hands right cards in my hands to play spades. Damn, never even done it. It is it is it is one of my great shames. Uh, this is the first time recorded audio that I've admitted this, but yeah, I have, I have no, I have no idea. Like, honestly, when I started hearing the term 
renege, like when I started hearing it more often, mm-hmm. I used to think like, yo, y'all real close to getting punched in the face. Right. Like when I hear people say that, like when I, I'm like, like yo, the first time I heard a white person say it, I'm like, I don't, I don't, is yeah. this like, is this it's like, time to fight. Is this renege like Indian giving? Like, are we being this racing right yeah. now? Yeah, I was like, you think you're cute with it? Huh? I really I thought it was in that vein of like uh, other racial terms. Like, I remember for the first time I heard somebody say "Jewing me down," and I was like, mm-hmm. "Are we talking about fucking? What are we?" Yeah, what? Because <laughs> I've been Jewed right. down before. I don't. I think. I think we're talking. <laughs> what do you mean? What do you mean? <laughs> and like, oh, there's like giving somebody yeah. a bad deal. I was just like. Ew, I don't like this. I like my explanation yeah. of it. So that's what I thought yeah, renigging was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I was like, yeah. so you so much of a nigga, you did it twice? Like, that's why I did not. Yeah. <laughs> I was so confused by what I heard white people say renig. And I'm like, oh, you're trying to get hit in the mouth. That's what you're trying I to do. I almost want to make this a title of, like, renig, like a title of my first album. Ah! <laughs> renig, the road to blackness. Renig. Oh, my yes. gosh. Okay, well, I guess I have to do mine, too. And... yes. Uh, okay. You have to do one every week? Every week? Yo, they gonna hate you. Ah! <laughs> you better do like a monthly one. You tripping. <laughs> I won't reveal nothing else about my blackness for ah! you. You doing this but every week? But this is the week? thing. There's so many movies. <laughs> That's true. There's so many movies. Like this movie was on my list until you said we should, until you said you wanted to do it. Yo, I knew you did not want to watch them. When I was texting, you was like, Nick, that one? You <laughs> <laughs> was like, for real? <laughs> you sure? You sure you wanted to? <laughs> God, nigga, I almost looked up a synopsis to this movie. I knew it was going to be bad. I knew it. There's a little pieces that I've seen of it. I'm just like, oh my God. Like, I just saw tiny clips. I'm like, the movie's going to be trash. Um, so ambitious. I can tell you that I have never seen. Um, I've never seen ATL. No, don't you tell me that. I've seen parts of Yo. ATL. Yo, shut this down. Yo, I've never. I've, Here's, I've, I'm so mad right now. You know why I'm so <laughs> mad right now? Because that was my other. I was like, I was either gonna do school days or ATL, and my brother was like, you gotta do ATL. And I was like, nah, the way she told my school days, I know I got to do school because she ain't never seen it. Had I known you ain't seen both? Because that's my one of my favorite movies. Listen, the thing is, I've seen parts of it. I've just never seen the whole. Of, Wait. Of course you have. It's on TBS all the time. Yeah, I've seen parts of it, but I've just never, I've never seen it all the beginning way through. To end? I haven't seen it from beginning to end. I've seen. Do you know how much I like this movie? This is how much I love ATL. There is, I once was a, a writer's assistant on a very small movie. Uh-huh. And I had to go through and punch up stuff. I literally wrote in dialogue from ATL in a scene just because I was like, I like, I think it fits and I like the way they said it. And it made it. Okay, I think <laughs> I think they had to cut that out. And look, it, it, it happened. Ah! But I'm just saying, I saw it. I was like, look at my, look at the other people's words made it on TV. Oh, my God. You can't confess to that. I'm going to make sure I cut that out. I'm going to make sure I cut that out. <laughs> it's a small, it was a Christian film. Nobody, nobody cares. Oh, nobody caught that. No, nobody's nobody, nobody caught, caught that. that. Nobody caught That's that. Somebody wow, that, you never seen ATL. I've never seen it from beginning to end, but I've seen pieces of it. Because There's so many people you like in that movie. I mean, I like T.I., 
You don't like Big Boy? Oh yeah, Big Boy's fine. Yeah, Big Boy's fine. Yeah, I like he's Big Boy. One of, he's one of my favorite characters. I know, like I know he's the bad guy, and Ti's just trying to get with Lauren London. But also, L- Lauren, ugh, I, you can't really say nothing bad about Lauren London after her man died. But uh, she she was great as Nunu. She's cute. You know who else was great in that movie? Jason Weaver. <laughs> great in that movie. Not from Atlanta. Played an Atlanta character. Great. Used to come out with the flip-flops and socks. And oh, he was eating sunflower seeds on the porch. Jason I was Weaver like, used man. to work so much. Yes. I had to jump a check one day to make sure that boy was still alive because he just disappeared one day. Oh, he's still alive. He's getting them Lion King checks. Oh. This is crazy to me. You've never seen ATL. I've never seen it. I feel like I let from, you down as a friend. No, you know what? I've never seen it from beginning to end. And I feel bad. I was like, you know what? David Badu put out a big it's I've I've seen it in pieces. I've never been able to catch like I've, It ain't but there's so many of us I, that represent Atlanta. I know, and I represent Atlanta so hard. It's like you just told me, it's like you just told me Waffle House is eh. Like that's <laughs> Like I that's told you I get my wings. Like. I go to American Deli and get my wings plain. Yeah, you, that's what it, that's what I feel like. Oh no! It's just I've tried to watch it. It's something that's like, oh, I got it. I I can never catch like the movie Karina Karina. I've only I love that movie, but I'd never seen. Sure, it was only over on TBS that I'd never seen the first ten minutes of the movie. I would always yeah. catch it in the same spot. So <laughs> I can say that I've not, like I've seen you know with the twins, that and out of friends with the Kardashians. Um, I've seen it when they Who stole their face. Huh? <laughs> Who stole their face? Right. right. Chloe stole their face. Chloe looks wild. She stole that girl's face, but that's another story. And then one of them had surgery, and the other one did, or one of them got that jutting out jaw on the. I don't know. It's not my business. I'm not. I'm, whatever. Right. But every time I've tried to catch it, or I think I don't know if I was where I, I don't know if I was asleep, and I kept fading in and fading out. Like, I was trying to watch it, and I think I kept yeah. nodding off, and I'd wake up and be like, oh, big boy's not nice. And then I'd go back to sleep, and then I'd wake up, and I'd go, oh, skating ring. And then I'd fall in. I've attempted to watch it, and I just fade to black every time. I'm just gone. I'm asleep. Wow. I'm asleep. Wow. So, yes, you have to. Uh... We got to watch that. Next time we, we are hanging out. We watching ATL. You know what? You can come on the podcast again and we can talk about it. Because now I have to, I have to redeem if myself. If nobody does it, if nobody does it, I would love to come back on and talk about that. No, one. no, no. You are coming that... back and talking about this because I have to redeem myself. Because <laughs> according to the Atlanta rules, I graduated from high school in Atlanta. I'm from Atlanta. So come on now. I have to, re- I have to redeem myself to you. Yes. So yes, you have to come back on. But, I would love to. So, David Badu, what do you think the takeaway is? What do you think that people should take away from uh, Spike Lee's very ambitious movie? That ambition is not always a bad thing, but you can't be... Uh, you. That ambition is not always a bad thing, but just know that it will come with uh, some attacks. Okay. <laughs> if you're ambitious, people will attack you, and they probably will be right. Yeah! But that doesn't mean you shouldn't be. But that doesn't mean you shouldn't be ambitious because the ambition births can. It doesn't necessarily a birth just for yourself, mm-hmm. but it can be a birth for other things, right? So without, because without this, we don't get a different world, a very iconic television show, right? Like we don't, we don't get to see the greatness of a Kadeem Hardison or uh, like we, we you Jasmine know, the, the greatness of 
Jasmine guy. We don't get to see that. We probably don't get to see that unless this happens. So be ambitious. Be open. Just know you're going to be criticized for it, and they'll probably be right. But be ambitious. I just want to thank David Perdue for joining me on the show today. We learned that ambition is a double-edged sword, that this movie was made by Black people and for Black people who specifically went to HBCUs, and I need to redeem myself, David Perdue, and most of the people of the city of Atlanta for not completing or finishing watching the movie ATL. I tried. I don't know. I want to thank you guys for listening. Our creator and producer of the show is Judith Carbo. Our supervising producer is Rebecca Steinberg. Our music composer and supervisor is Brendan Solomon Lynch. Our audio engineer is Jessica Gutierrez. Our executive producer is Jason Smith. And I'm your host, Dulce Sloan. So join us next time on That Black Ass Show. Star Avenue, a podcast. <clears throat> a podcast network.